Thank you for downloading this sermon brought to you by the preaching ministry of Liberty Baptist Church of Las Vegas, Nevada, Dr. David Tice. For more sermons in both audio and video format, we encourage you to visit experienceliberty.com. Also, for a word of encouragement, insight, and biblical inspiration, follow Pastor David Tice's blog at davidtice.com. So without further ado, let's open our hearts to the Word of God. I love that song. I love, I, I have memories of my, my kids. That, that's supposed to be on. What happened? I had memories of my kids singing Away in a Manger, and I remember, you know, just, you have pictures of them, just little tiny sweet kids, and then they grew up, and things changed. Anyway, God's good. We have a wonderful, we had a wonderful time Sunday. If you were if you thought Sunday was great, say amen. Somebody has guessed somewhere between 2,000, I've heard 2,000 and 2,700 people here uh, Sunday. We had 903 people come into this auditorium and heard the gospel and prayed out loud uh, to receive Christ. Now many of those people were already saved, but, but uh, it's an amazing thing that God has done. And uh, I just, it is doing here at Liberty Baptist Church. And uh, it's um, because God's people have chosen to do what God wants them to do. Tonight's message is from Mark chapter chapter 6 and 7. In fact, we're going to read from Mark chapter 6, verse 54, through uh, Mark chapter 7, verse 10. And the the title of this evening's message is God's People versus Good People. You ever met somebody that was really a good guy? You look at them and you say, man, this guy is really, really good. I was walking through a grocery store, uh, not, uh, not, not, not a grocery store. I was walking, walking through Lowe's department store and uh, picking stuff up, and there was a guy, really good guy. He was helping people out and, uh, and just helping people, just very helpful, uh, showing people what to do and what to do here. And I walked up to him because I needed, I needed some help. And uh, I needed to find a particular thing, and I said, do you know where something is? And he said, oh, sure, it's right around the corner. And I said, hey, can I give you something really good? And and he saw it was a gospel track. He said, no, I don't need that. I don't need that. Good person, but he's not one of God's people. Uh, I I can remember years ago, when I I was just a teenager, uh, I was about 13 or 14 years old. I went with my pastor from the First Baptist Church in North Las Vegas, went with my pastor out to Beatty, Nevada. And he said, we're going we're gonna to give the gospel to everybody in Beatty, Nevada. We're just going to pass out tracts to everybody in Beatty, Nevada. And so I went around with him, and we passed out tracts. And uh, I really wasn't even sure about the gospel myself, but I, I did know a person could know that we're going to heaven. And, and so I, I went, I'm passing out tracts and, and with, uh, with, with our pastor, and he sent us into different, there's not a whole lot of real neighborhoods in Beatty, uh, just wherever we could go, we just passing out tracks to everybody. We were getting ready to leave, and, and the pastor took us into a, um, into a restaurant. We got into that restaurant, and uh, ate, and then we were about to check out, and I thought, hey, we ought to give that, we ought to give the person that's checking out a track, so I gave her a track, and then there was a man standing there, and I said, hey, would you like one of that? And he said, oh, it's okay. I, he said, I'm a Methodist. 
And I said, oh, that's okay. Do you know for sure you're going to heaven? He said, I told you, I'm a Methodist. Uh, I said, well, that's great. Do you know for sure you're going to heaven? And my preacher's thinking, don't be, you know, like, you, you'll get a little embarrassed by these rowdy little kids. And I said, yeah, but do you know for sure you're going to heaven? And he said, and he put his arm around, the pastor put his arm around me and said, it's, it's it, uh, he said, that's good. He said, he's a little zealous. And I said, but, but, but does he know he's going to heaven? And, uh, and then he, the, the pastor took me outside to the car and talked to me about tact. And, uh, and, uh, but there was a guy who was religious, but he didn't want to answer the question, do you know for sure you're going to heaven? Listen, there's a difference between being a good person and being one of God's people. And in this passage of Scripture, we're going to see some religiously good people as compared to God's people. And we're going to see the way God's people respond and the way good people respond. Good people can get lifted up with how good they are. Good people can get lifted up with their pride. And, and tonight as we look at the difference between good people and God's people, I hope that you'll just be able to see, hey, what category do you fit into? Hopefully we fit into the, the category of God's people. Here's, here's the story. The story is Jesus comes off of the, comes uh, out of the boat. Remember, he had, he just rescued last week, he rescued his uh, disciples from a storm that they'd gotten themselves into, brings them over to, this, to, the, to the land of Gennesaret, and as he's getting out, there's a place there, obviously, to dock boats, because the Bible says this uh, in, verse, in verse 53, it says, and when they passed over, they came into the land of Gennesaret, we're in Mark chapter 6 and verse 53, they came over to the land of Gennesaret, and they drew to uh, drew to the shore that is there was a place for them to pull their boat up to the shore and, and this is by the way it's interesting it's a, this is the only time this uh, actual phrase is ever used in the entire Bible so they, they there was a place for them to tie up to the shore they drew up to the shore and the Bible says and when they were come out of the ship immediately as they're about to come out of the ship straightway they knew him the people there it wasn't, they, it wasn't just they knew about him, they knew him. And the Bible says, and they ran through the region. It's the, it's, they see him coming out and they say, oh, it's him, it's him. And they don't go up to him, they run. And they, they run to go get their friends. And when they were, uh, and the Bible says, and they ran through the whole region round about, and they, and they began uh, to carry about in beds. These guys got intimately involved in the needs of people who couldn't get themselves to him. Those that were sick, uh, uh, where, they, where they heard he was, they found out where he was, they knew where he was, they ran to get their sick folk, they found out where he was going so they could get to where he was, and they, they take these people, take all this effort, all this time to go where he was. And the Bible says, and whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or countries, they laid sick in the streets and they besought him that they might touch, if it were, but the borders of his garments. And as many as touched him were made whole. I think verses 53 through 56 distraught, describe God's people. Now, I want you to see in verse 7, this is the same time, uh, when we get to chapter 7, chapters in the Bible are just added there. They're not the inspired thing. It's, the story just continues on. 
So this is all happening at the same time. At the same time that he is ministering in Gennesaret and these people are doing everything they can to bring people to Jesus because they believe in Jesus and they love Jesus and they're bringing people to Jesus and they're doing all this. At the same time, verse 1 of chapter 7, then came together, never just one at a time, but always together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes which came from Jerusalem. They had left Jerusalem to come down to Galilee. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say, unwashed hands, they found fault. Now these weren't mothers. Uh, these were just people that were looking for fault. All right, so they saw, oh, look at their eating, and, and they're not washing their hands. For the Pharisees and all the Jews except they wash their hands often eat not holding the tradition of the elders and when they came from the market except they wash they eat not and many other things there be which they have received to hold as washing of cups and pots and brazen uh, vessels and and of tables by the way is there anything wrong with washing your pots uh, is there anything wrong with washing vessels? No, the answer is no. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with washing your hands. Pretty good practice. Uh, we learned that during COVID over and over and over again. Um, uh, pots and vessels and, the, and, and of tables. Verse 5, Then the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why walk not the disciples according to the traditions of the elders? But they eat bread with unwashed hands. And he answered and said unto them, Well has Isaiah the prophet cried, or prophesied of you hypocrites as it is written this people honoreth me with their lips but their heart is far from me howbeit in vain they worship me teaching for doctrines the commandment of men for laying aside the commandments of God you hold the tradition of men as washing pots and cups and many other such uh, like things and he said unto them full well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your own tradition. Now he uses a specific illustration. For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, and whosoever curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, if a man say to his father or mother, it is Corban, that is, a gift that's going to be given to the temple. And if it was given to the temple, that profited the Pharisees and that profited the scribes because that took care of their needs. He says, but if you say, hey, it's Corban, that is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, it shall, he shall be free. That is, you won't have to take care of your parents. If you take the money that was designated to take care of your parents and you bring it to the temple and you give it, hey, you don't have to take care of your parents. And you suffer him no more to do aught for his father or his mother. The word suffer means to allow. So you don't allow him to take care of his father and mother anymore. Making the word of God of non-effect through your tradition which you have delivered, and many such things you do. Father, help us to, as we learn from this, the, the example of your people and the example of people who are just good people. Help us to see that none of us are good. And Father, help us to understand that, that we have the privilege of being your people. Help us to live 
as your children and follow the examples that you've given us here in the scripture and I ask this in Jesus name amen first we're gonna look at the 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 uh, what I call God's people in verses 53 through 56 I want you to see several things about them first of all I want you to see this the Bible says in verse 54 and when they were come out of the ship straightway they knew him notice this they knew him Christians don't just know about God they know him we know him in an intimate and personal way in fact we know him like a father in fact we know him like a brother in fact we know him as a friend in fact we know him as his bride a husband God uses every type of intimate relationship to talk about our relationship with him Paul said in Philippians 3:10, he said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering true believers know him we know uh, him it's not as though we just are trying to find new things about him there is a relationship with him when a crisis comes by nature you cry out to your father because you know him there is a there is a a, a, an awareness of his presence if you are truly a child of God in in Matthew chapter 7 and we'll be in this passage on Sunday morning this coming week it's amazing how this passage and the passage we're gonna look at this coming week go so hand in hand the uh, the, the Bible says that there's gonna be false prophets that come and they're gonna preach and Jesus is going to say this they, they, they they're gonna say we cast out devils in your name we did mighty works in your name we preached in your name and the Bible says Jesus is gonna look at them and say this depart from me I never knew you what's the problem there the problem is they did works in the name of Jesus they look religious but they never knew him there are people that go to church all their life but they don't know Jesus I was one who went to church all my life but I didn't know Jesus I didn't know him in a personal way you say how do you get to know him he said come to me you have to come to Jesus you have to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and God you know people that have gone to church all their life people who talk about religion but the, but you ask them is there ever a time in your life where you personally ask Jesus Christ to give you eternal life and they'll say no I had a, a couple a wonderful couple started coming to our church they visited our church and they were coming to I was teaching the senior uh, class and uh, and they were visiting the church and they were wonderful and they loved the teaching and I went by their house and I said tell me a little bit about you your life and they said I went we've we've oh we from we're from LA and we've worked in the mission in LA for the last I think they said 20 some years and he said we go there we fix food for them we do all this stuff we did we did that for years I said well that is wonderful how did you get involved in that and they told us well the church was involved and they just wanted to do it and they wanted to care about people these were really good people so I'm sitting in their home and I say I said uh, tell me this tell me when did you put your faith and trust in Christ do you know for sure you're going to heaven my wife and I were sitting there 
I said, do you know for sure you're going to heaven? And they said, you know what? You ask that every single week, and we don't know. How can you know you're going to heaven? I said, nobody's ever shared with you. These people have been working in mission work. They're doing stuff I don't even want to do. Uh, they're, they're, I mean, they're involved good people. And they don't know for sure they're going to heaven. I shared with them the Bible that says that we're sinners, that Jesus Christ is God, that he died for us, that he was buried, that he rose from the dead for us. And the only way you can get to heaven is by asking him to give you eternal life. They said, we never heard that before. I said, would you like to pray right now and receive Christ? And they said, yes. And they bowed their heads and trusted Christ as Savior. 20 years working in a mission. And yet... They weren't God's people. They were good people, but they weren't God's people. Listen, true, true believers have a relationship with Jesus Christ because we've come to him and asked him for that relationship. That is a requirement. We must put our faith and trust in him. We must ask him. Jesus says it this way. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But you've got to come to him. You have to call on him and ask him to be your Lord and Savior and God. And there has to be a time. You don't ooze into Christianity. You don't just, well, my, my grandfather, my grandfather was a Christian, and my grandmother was a Christian, and my mom and dad were Christians, and I just grew up, I was a, just oozed into Christianity. You don't. There has to be an introduction. You have to ask him to be your Lord and Savior and God. They, the Bible says, they, they, it wasn't as though they just knew about him. They knew him. This was, this was the Savior, and that caused them immediately, it caused them to act. Look at verse 55. It says, and they ran through the whole region round about and began to carry about in beds those that were sick where they heard he was. Man, they, they true believers see the needs of others. They, they saw, they know the answer, and they saw the needs of others. Now, these people at this point weren't spiritually alive. They couldn't just tell them, but they knew the answer, and they, they wanted to, to see people saved. They ran, the Bible says, to get others. They, it wasn't as though they were just saying, oh, well, uh, man, I hope somebody goes and sees my friend. No, they ran to get others. We should have compassion on the world. That is not the way religious people are. But I'm telling you, that's the way we should be. Jesus said this, but when he saw the multitudes, the Bible says, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. The, the, the real believer sees the needs of others. If we're really children of God, we're not looking at their faults. We're seeing their need. And that's the way it should be. I loved walking. I, I was in here while you guys were outside freezing uh, on Sunday afternoon. I was, I was in here preaching. And I think nine, times, nine different times we preached the gospel and just gave the gospel. As soon as it was over, I wanted to see the Bethlehem experience. As soon as I was finished preaching the last time, I ran out and walked through the Bethlehem walk. And then I walked out into the parking lot and just saw the multitude of people. And I thought, man. They, they just need Jesus. This world needs Jesus. We need to have compassion. Uh, we, we should have 
compassion, not look at their faults, not look at, wow, look at the weird, look at the new weird thing they're doing now. Look at the new weird thinking. Why do they think that way? Here's why they think that way, because they're lost. They're lost. They don't know the difference between blue and green. They don't know the difference between a man and a woman. That, that's what they're telling us. Uh, they don't know uh, what, uh, what sex has babies. Uh, they don't know. They, they don't know. They don't, they don't know. They're ignorant because they're spiritually dead. And the farther they, they wander from God, the, more, the less light they have. So true believers don't rip apart the world. True believers see the need and they, and, and they, uh, of others see the need and they're not criticizing them. True believers, beyond that, serve. True believers serve. In Matthew chapter 20, Jesus said this, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. That is, he didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life for many. Serving is what makes us happy. Serving is what makes us happy. We, we want to serve others. These people, look what they did. They went and found them. And it wasn't as though they were saying, it wasn't as though they were saying, oh man, you're a mess. You are just, look at you, you're drugs and you, got, you, got, you messed up your whole life. No, they, went, they got down where these people were and they picked them up. The idea is they carried them to Jesus. Some of them couldn't get to Jesus, so they carried those sick people. They, they got involved in their lives and brought them to Jesus. One of our members came to me, told me, he said about, I think he said 18 different people he had the opportunity on, on Sunday to talk to and just share his story with them bringing them to Jesus. That's the way it should be. We should be happy to serve. We should teach our children that that, that is where happiness comes, come, comes from because that is the truth. We get joy when we're serving other people, when we're caring about other people, when we're doing for other people, and then we see the result. That, that's what brings the joy. We wear ourselves out doing things for other people, and that's what these people did. True believers serve. And then true believers bring others to him. Look at verse 56. And, and whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or, or countries, they laid the sick in the streets. They brought them to him. They brought these people to where Jesus is. Jesus said this, You don't wait. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. We're to go out and get them. We're to go out and get them. I think sometimes that people think that sometime, that somehow magically churches grow. That doesn't, it doesn't happen that way. The way churches grow, the way lost people get saved, is people go out and get lost people. You bring them to Jesus. You, you, help, you help them. As I'm traveling around from church to church, I oftentimes talk to preachers and I think, you need to understand, God intends for us to work hard. God wants us to work hard. When my wife and I came here, we, uh, we started knocking on doors. We knocked on 100 doors a day. My wife had never been in anything over 85 degrees in her life, and it was 110 degrees, and we're walking door to door. And back then, back then when you went door to door and you were a pastor, you were expected to dress a certain way. I mean, now I can go door to door in Levi's and a t-shirt, and they don't care. Uh, but I'm telling you, back then, I thought I need to dress. I dressed like this. I went door to door, and my wife dressed in, um, in, in dresses and heels and nylons. 
And nylons, what a horrible curse uh, that was on the women of yesteryear. And so, uh, uh, and, and you say, well, I still wear them. Well, God bless your heart. And, uh, but the, the fact of the matter is, uh, we, we went door to door to door, and she had never seen 110. It was hard work. It's hard work. Doing the work of the ministry is hard work. When you're talking to people and they're in need and you're trying to meet their needs and you're trying to care for people, it is hard work. It's physically draining, but it's also very emotionally draining and it's spiritually draining. Jesus said when the, when the lady touched the hem of his garment, the, the Bible says he stopped because he said virtue. The word virtue there means power has left me. That's energy that left his body on the way to work, on the way to church this evening. My wife said to me, she said, David, I'm so tired. Would you just touch my arm and rub my arm? It gives me energy. So I grabbed her arm and I said, zap, 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 zap. Uh, because um, energy was leaving me and going to her. Uh, but the truth of the matter is when we minister to people, energy is drawn, uh, is drawn from us. But uh, true believers bring others to him and we work at doing it. This is our purpose. This is why we exist. This is our reason for living. So we've, uh, again, true believers bring others to him. Number five, true believers work at reaching others. Just as I said a minute ago, got ahead of myself, true believers work at reaching others. Uh, they, uh, the Bible says they had to carry them. They had to bring them there. Christmas experience was a lot of fun. If you thought it was fun, say amen. amen. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work, too. Uh, I mean, people started very early on Saturday started working. There were people that spent the entire night here uh, guarding all the stuff. We had three Christmas trees stolen. I think that's so funny. Uh, somebody said to me, that's disgusting. I just think it's sort of funny. Uh, people, we're going to give away free Christmas trees, but before we, you give them, we're going to steal them. And, uh, and so, uh, um, <laughs> so, uh, but the, the, uh, uh, the, there were people that were, did a lot of hard work to get the, the, get the whole thing done. I mean, the staff was running around here crazy, and, and some of you were here, and you've decorated the church, and you went outside and did all this stuff. It's, it's, there's work involved in doing the ministry. Christmas uh, experience, again, a hard work. But the Bible tells us that there's joy to work. There's joy to work. Jesus said this. He said, labor not for the meat which perisheth it, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. We're to labor for those eternal things. We're to work for those things. If we're going to accomplish something for Jesus, we're going to have to work at it, and we need to take joy in our work. Jesus, the Bible says this, Jesus endured the cross it wasn't that he enjoyed going to the cross hebrews says this we should look to jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross that's work that's work it's work being beat it's work being uh, abused and going through all of that and then carrying a cross up a hill so, much, so, so exhausted that he falls below that. He then hung there for six hours. 
Jesus, the, 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 there was the work of the cross, but he, why did he do it? Look what it says. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of, of the throne of God. He, he knew that you and I were going to be able to spend eternity with him in heaven. So he went through the hard work. One day, if you're the one that is working and you're, you're working for the Lord, you're, one of these days you will, you will receive the benefit of the reward. Some of them we see on this earth. I, I, I walk around and I see uh, people say, if somebody came up to me, um, somebody came up uh, to, to uh, me just recently uh, that was uh, from, that, that had grown up in the church, grew up in the church, and just, I was watching them serve the Lord and ministering to, minister, minister to the Lord, and I was thinking, man, what a joy to be able to see them joyfully serving the Lord. What a joy. That brings joy to me, and it's worth, it's worth whatever time and effort we've put in to watch another generation of people serving God. I walked, I went to the city hall today, and at city hall um, at 8.30 this morning, there was a, a ceremony where Pastor Matt was christened um, as uh, he, was, uh, he was recognized by the city of Las Vegas, the mayor, and a bunch of city officials and all sorts of people. Uh, really were, he was recognized as the citizen of the month. And uh, pretty neat thing. And I just, I, as I sat there watching him and seeing that, I thought, man, what, a, what an amazing thing. Then I got to watch Brianna standing next to him. I thought I saw... I saw uh, uh, our granddaughters, beautiful granddaughters, standing next to him. My grandson standing next to him, and I watched people just congratulating him and think and all that. I thought, man, what a joy! What a joy! But you know what? Parenting can sometimes be a pain. Can you say amen to that? Can you say that? I mean, and and uh, there's there's a lot of agony and there's a lot of a uh, lot of uh, time and effort that's put into that, and. Uh, but there's a, there's a joy because you're not looking at that moment. You're looking at what is going to happen. Listen, uh, true believers, what I'm saying is true believers endure. True believers work uh, at reaching others. It's not just always fun, fun, fun. It's just we work at it. True believers or uh, God's people, uh, true believers pray for the lost. Look at what it says in verse in verse 56 again, it says, And whithersoever he entered into the villages or cities or the country, they laid the sick at his, uh, in the streets, and look, and they besought him. That is, they pled with Jesus. They besought Jesus. They, they were begging him. They were praying for these people. Save, save my, him. Uh, heal him. This person that's lame, this person that's blind, this person that's demon-possessed, they're bringing him and they're saying, please do something for him. And we should be that way. The Bible tells us, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayer, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. These are things that, that God's people do. The last thing is this. True believers humble themselves before Jesus, and they live to honor him. Look at this. It says... Uh, and the Bible says that they might touch if it were but the border of his garment 
and as many as touched him were made whole. So these people brought them to Jesus, bowed, put them at his feet, and then touched the hem of his garment and said, please, not for themselves, touch my friend. Touch my fr let my friend touch the hem of your garment. They're pleading with him, and they're humbling themselves before him. They just wanted to touch his garment. Uh, <clears throat> say, say, no task should be too lowly for you and I as believers. We go towards, we go to reach the lost. Now, that's what they did. These were people who knew him. These were God's people. Now, let's take a look at the Pharisees. The next page. <laughs> the Pharisees. Let me flip this page. Verse 1 of chapter 7 says, Then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes which came from Jerusalem. These people knew of him. They knew about him. And the Bible says they came together to him. Pharisees don't spend time alone with God by themselves. They're always coming together. They come to church. They come to, to places where other people can see them. But they don't come to him alone. They don't come alone. It's always about people. It's always about being seen. It's always about confrontation. Why? Because they don't know him personally. They don't know him personally. You've heard of well-known preachers, that, that some preacher that did, that's doing great things and great things, and then you hear how he went off and had an affair or he did some immoral thing or some crazy thing. You say, how in the world does that happen? Here's how it happens. They know about him. They have a charismatic personality. And, and, and they use his name, but they just don't know him personally. Again, we'll talk more about that on Sunday morning. Jesus specifically talks about bewaring of false prophets who do all sorts of things, but they don't know him. They know of him. That's what good people do. They know of him, but they just don't need him. They be, they, they, the, the believer, God's people, see people's needs, but they see the faults of others. Look at verse 2. And when, they, and when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say, unwashed hands, they found fault. That's what they do. They find fault with the lost. Oh, look at the way that person. Oh, I can't believe these, these, these kids today. I can't believe. Look at, the, look at these reprobates. Look at, these, look at those prostitutes. Look at those, look at those drug addicts. Look at those drunks. Look at those bums. Look at them. With a critical spirit, they find fault. Never a solution, just condemning. And then they, they find the faults of the lost, and they find the faults of God's people. You find somebody that's constantly criticizing other Christians. Somebody, somebody uh, recently on social media was criticizing a good friend of mine. Uh, and, I mean, just ripping him apart. And I thought, you know, the only reason, and, and, and after he ripped him apart for books that he wrote, he said, now, you ought to read my book instead. And I thought, how stupid, what an idiot you are. What an idiot you are. Uh, but uh, what they do is they find fault not with just the lost, but they find fault with everybody, with God's people. Look at verse 5. 
not only do that, <clears throat> they expect to be served. The Bible says, then the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, why, 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 not, well, why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? They wanted, they wanted the disciples to do it their way. They expected to be served. Why don't they do it our way? They, they come to church not to get or to get something, not to give. You find God's people coming and they're looking for a way to serve. They're looking for something to do. But these are people that know of Him, they see the faults of others, and they expect to be served themselves. Now here's something else they do. Verse 3, they wash their hands. Again, and the Pharisees and all that all the Jews except they wash their hands often eat not holding the tradition of the elders nothing wrong with washing your hands but here's the idea um, they're not gonna touch the unclean they're not gonna go out and get their hands dirty they're not gonna if there, there's something that needs to be done they're not gonna be doing it they are more concerned about getting dirty than caring for the needs of those who are dirty I mean, I, we, we raised five children. My wife will tell you, I think maybe twice I changed diapers. I'm not a good diaper changer. You say five children and twice? My wife will confirm the fact uh, that, that um, I have a weak stomach. And, uh, and there's all sorts of other excuses uh, for not doing those things. I said, uh, I was watching a diaper commercial the, the other day. And it said, and I said, oh, Anna, I'm so glad. I was so glad when we were out of the diaper stage for our kids. And she said, oh, David, don't give me that. I said, she said, you, you, you never changed a diaper. I said, I tw changed tw two. And she, I said, but I didn't, it wasn't that. I had to pay for the pampers. And uh, I was glad to be out of the diaper stage for that. Uh, but anyway, getting back to washing the hands. Uh, uh, all they did was wash their hands. They, they didn't bring others to Jesus. The, uh, uh, the good people are, are all about you seeing their goodness, and they're not going to get their hands dirty going down to where somebody's in need and bringing them up. They're not going to be helping the drunk. They're not going to be helping the, the guy on drugs. They're not going to be doing that. They'll criticize them, but, man, they're not going to do anything to help them out of the situation. I love Pastor Neil. Because Pastor Neil has a heart for people. I love to watch him go and help and heal anybody, anybody. I mean, he just, he cares about it. And he doesn't even think about whether you are rich or poor. Uh, he doesn't care about anything. It just, if there's a need, he, he has compassion on others, except for me. He has no compassion for me whatsoever. He, I ask him to do something, he says, how much are I going to get? Uh, the, uh, not really, but uh, the, the, <clears throat> I love to, I really do like to see the care and concern that he, that he shares with others. I'll, say, I'll, I'll call somebody and ask them if everything is okay, and they say, oh yeah, Pastor Neil, uh, stop by. I think, wow, that's an amazing thing. What a reputation that he has. Um, uh, but Pharisees don't do that. Pharisees aren't getting their hands dirty. They have washed hands. They keep themselves clean. They, uh, good people want you to know how good they are, but they don't do very much good for people personally. 
Here's something else they do. Look at this. And when they come, and when they come from the market, ooh, here's something they do. They shop. See, while, while, while true believers work to see others come to Christ, uh, the good go shopping for their own pleasure. There are, the, 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 the God's people are constantly trying to do things for others, but the good are constantly getting things for themselves. I think it's just interesting, this comparison. Then I want you to see this in verses, verse 6. It says, they set up rules that make it hard for people to be saved. In verse 5 and 6, and, and I felt this growing up. Then, then the Pharisees and the scribes asked, why walk, ye not, uh, why walk not your disciples according to the traditions of the elders? But they eat bread with unwashed hands. And he answered and said unto them, well, hath Isaiah the prophet, uh, Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain they worship me, teaching the doctrine for doctrines the commandments of men. They set up rules and regulations that make it difficult for somebody to get saved. Uh, in Matthew, Jesus said this. He said, Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. Matthew 23, 15. For you compass sea and land to make one proselyte, that is like one convert, and when he is made, you make him twofold more a child of hell than yourself. The idea is you've got to be clean. I'm sorry. You've got to be clean to be saved. You've got to be clean to be saved. We, we have, to, in, in, within Christianity, people say, yeah, it's all great that you're calling on Jesus, but you also got to get baptized. And, and, and you, and, and, and you cannot continue to sin because if you sin, then you, you're going to lose your salvation. Or you can deny Christ and walk away from Christ. And we put all sorts of stipulations on people and we make it difficult for them to be saved. If you're genuinely saved, you're going to keep coming to church. If you're genuinely saved, you're going to do this. I can't believe, we, we, you, you may have heard yourself say this, I can't believe that person's really saved. How can they be saved and do that? Well, how can you be saved and do what you do? How can you be saved and judge your brother? You just judged your brother. And Jesus said, judge not. How can you be saved? You say, well, that's just not as bad as. And so we set up our own traditions and say, this is worse than this. This is badder than this is bad. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is gooder than this is good. And, and we, 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 we are just like the Pharisees. We make up rules. Well, you don't know what he did to me. How can I, he really be saved? I don't know what he did to you, but how in the world can you be saved? You're a hell-deserving sinner just like him. And how did you get saved? I called on Jesus and I asked him to save me. That's exactly what he said he did. Well, I don't believe him. Well, then, then you have to deal with that. Jesus said, look, don't say thou fool. You know what the word fool means? It means someone who denies God. Don't look at somebody who claims God and say he's a God denier. Don't do that because you're then in danger of judgment. God is very clear. We are saved one way. These Pharisees, 
These Pharisees, these good people, said you have to be as good as us in order to get to heaven. You have to be as good as we are in order to get to heaven. That's not what God's people did. God's people brought these sick, these lowly, these dying, these demon-possessed people to Jesus and laid them at his feet. Then lastly, in verses 7 through 10, they use religion to elevate themselves. Let's read that. Howbeit, in vain you do worship me, you worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandments of God, you hold to traditions of men as washing of pots and cups and many other such things. And he said unto them, Full well you reject the commandment of God, that you may keep your own tradition. For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother. Whoso curses his father and his mother, let him die the death. God, Moses said that if you curse your father and mother, you should die. And yet you say, if a man shall say to his father and mother, it's Corbin, I can't give you this gift, I'm giving it to the church, or I'm giving it to the synagogue instead, and you're profited by it, then he doesn't have to give. You, you, you neglect the commandments of God so that you can profit by them following your traditions. Here's what he says. They use the name of God to profit themselves. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of false prophets in our world today that do that. They use the, prophet of God, they use the name of God to make themselves a reputation. And while they're ripping apart other people, even God's people and the lost, and they rip and snort in pulpits, criticizing and condemning people, and, 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 uh, and uh, preaching uh, hard messages against people. They use the name of God. They get a following for themselves, and it's sickening to God. They make decisions based on profit and not on obedience. Man, we need to be careful about that. I'm not, it's not just because I'm doing what God wants me to do. I'm doing it out of obedience. I'm going to do what God tells me to do. But they make their decisions on what is profitable. Believers make decisions based on God's priorities. And the example was that Jesus gave was parents. He said the way you treat your parents is the example. You're, you're doing your thing and you call it God. So now I, I did all that just so we could take the next few minutes and look at them. Let's compare them. Okay? God's people. God's people knew him. Good people know about him. God's people, they see the needs of others. Good people see the faults of others. They serve, but good people expect to be served. God's people bring others to him, <laughs> while good people wash their hands and they can't get into the dirt of the, of the world. God's people work for the Savior. They work hard for the Savior. They give of their time and even get physically and spiritually exhausted for the Savior. They go shopping for themselves. That's what good people do. God's people pray for the lost to get saved. They bring them and they say, Lord, please save this person. Good people make rules so it's hard for lost people to be saved. 
God's people humble themselves and honor God. Good people use religion to elevate themselves. Look at that list. It's, it's in your hands. I think it's already typed up and put in your hands. When you start getting critical of other people, look at this and say, am I being a good person or am I acting like one of God's people? Because God wants us to have those attributes on the left side of that screen. And he wants us to fight against the things on the right side of that screen. Let's be God's people, not just good people. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you'll help us to take the truth that is here and apply it to our lives. It's so easy for us to criticize others, to see the faults of this world, to even look at our politicians, look at our civil servants. It's easy to criticize those around us that don't do the things the way we think they should do. Instead of having the compassion that you had on the lost, caring about other people, Help us always to remember that we were saved by grace through faith and that all we deserve is hell. And help us to determine to show other people your grace and your love. We hope that message was an encouragement to your heart. Now for weekly updates and for information about Liberty Baptist Church, be sure to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC of Las Vegas. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, God bless.